Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of q and I'm Q. This is A. And this is it's Q&A. Alright, so on this first episode of Q&A, we just kind of want to take a minute to discuss exactly what we want to do with this podcast moving forward, what the kind of main principle... Um, that we want to get across is and just the main ideas for the channel here so we've been best friends for 23 years almost now uh almost our entire lives yes <laughs> and it's weird to think about but we always have had these conversations just rambling conversations usually late at night in the uh, driveways of someone's house in our cars in mcdonald's parking lots mcdonald's parking lots anywhere you can think of home depot home depot (laughs) yep and uh usually at least we think that we've had very interesting conversations we find ourselves cracking ourselves up for hours Mm -hmm. uh or just you know on the flip side having very insightful or at least what we deem insightful thoughts deep or emotional conversations and we just thought that, you know what, I think that we should put this out there and we, I think it will entertain people. And I hope that comes across. Yeah, basically, yeah. We think the world's really going to care what we have to say. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but ultimately, and, uh, and honestly, uh, you know, I think everything we've touched on ever, uh, I think is a topic that anyone can resonate to in some shape or form, whether it's through like related experience or just prior thought on things. So again, we think like, you know, everyone can find something they like about this podcast. Agreed. So I think that it's only fitting for uh, our first one to discuss the topic of growing up. Yeah, growing up. And then, you know, we're sitting there the other day being like, what what could the first thing be? Uh, and one thing we we're just randomly talking about as it was kind of already was kind of the expectation versus reality of growing up kind of like you grow up and you're you're made to think like oh this is how your life's gonna go or maybe you have it mapped out and then you kind of got to the to what was deemed your finish line there and it looks completely different yeah i mean i know for me that's happened on countless occasions already and i'm sure it's going to continue to happen more like how so like i want to know you go first but like when you were growing up what was your thought process about what growing up was going to look like well i sure as hell thought it'd be a lot easier (laughs) (laughs) i'll just start off with that um you know i didn't expect it to be a walk in the park but Mm -hmm. you know i expected at this point in my life i'd already own a house and you know be fully established Mm -hmm. which now i i am with my job and career and everything uh still waiting on that house and waiting for that housing market to crash. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I thought I'd have, you know, be married, have a family, kind of what you picture, what you're shown in the TV shows growing up, what was essentially what our parents yeah. had mm-hmm. uh, when they entered this phase of their life. I feel like many of them were already. Yeah. Well, your parents especially, though, yeah. like, well, like our parents both, like, were pretty established. Like, well, mine were established individually already by this age, but like. Kyle, your parents were really young and they already had the house. They had you, you yeah. know, so uh, they were my age right right now mm-hmm. when I was born. So, yeah. you know, and they're still in that house. That's the house I grew up in. And, you know, it that's kind of what I had expected. Yeah. Um, knew it wouldn't be easy. You know, I didn't think it'd be easy, but I thought I'd be there. Uh, not no, to I say know. that I'm not almost there. I'm getting married in a few months. 
but but you know overall kind of thought it'd be a little further along yeah no that's fair like i don't know i feel like i agree as you already know but you know like growing up in my brain i was like all right i'm gonna you know go through school go to college you know didn't think we were both gonna end up getting master's degrees which obviously adds some time to the to the list but but again i kind of was like in my head my whole life i was like you know i'm gonna do this get my education get a job uh meet somebody i was always like i would never get married before the age of 27 even though we all know no one's knocking on the door anyway so i was like in order to, in order to put that out there like oh yeah 27 is the uh is the minimum right it's like you kind of have to be like in a relationship already but little kid me just thought life was like super cookie cutter uh and as kyle knows like pretty easy growing up you know not many bills kind of just going to school and doing our thing and not worrying about a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, it turns out that life's a lot more expensive uh, than one would think. And uh, that is probably the biggest limiting factor of it all, other than just being in school until we were almost 25. Like we graduated at 24 and we turned 25 in the fall. So again, you know, you get a late start and then you got to start, you know, paying off money and then re and recouping money in order to go on to that next phase. Yeah, I mean, you know, the student loans, I never, you know, as a kid, I never really thought about grad school. I never mm -hmm. thought I'm going to need a master's degree for what I want to do. I just figured I'll go to college, get my four-year degree, and that'll be it. I'll get a job. Mm -hmm. Not how it worked out. I'm glad I did what I did. It's worked out for me, you know, in the long yeah. run. But, you know, it definitely does put at least two years on added on to the time frame of what you're looking to do. Yeah, no, exactly. And I was going to say, like, the thing that, um, you know, kills me, I've had this conversation with my parents, or at least my mom. I know Kyle's had this conversation with his parents. It's kind of the idea that, you know, they were able to do all these things or whatever when they were younger. And you can use the idea that, like, obviously there's inflation over time. So, like, where we are today should be able to get you the same amount as where they were back then. But like, in all honesty, not that we've ever done out the math on a spreadsheet or something, but I would probably bet my paycheck that uh, money today, although you're getting paid more, does not get you as far as it did back then, regardless of how you want to dice it, you know? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, I like you said, I've had this conversation with my parents uh, as well. And it's, you know, they always say, oh, well, when I started working, we're making like three or four dollars an hour, you know, yeah, things no. like that. Mm -hmm. And yes, but you know, houses back then also only cost one hundred, two hundred thousand dollars for you know a regular normal sized house. Yeah. Nowadays, at least where we're from in New York, you want a house, <laughs> you're looking at normal size, oh like Lord. Ray's Ranch, about five hundred grand, you five know, to six hundred thousand. Where you're living, yeah. Um, so it, it's hard. It's really difficult at this time. Yeah, well, again, I was saying, you know, I told uh, I told Kyle that I have friends from college and, and they recently got a house and they're, they're also getting married this year. Uh, and they live outside of Boston and they paid like like 600 and some thousand for a raised ranch, like exactly what you grew up in, Kyle. Like they paid that. And it's just crazy to think like that is what two thirds of a million dollars gets you these days. Cause growing up, I know for a fact, I was like, if I had a million dollars, I'd be living in like a mini mansion, 
and now it's like so far from the truth mm-hmm. you know it, it doesn't go as long as far yeah. away as it used to like people were foregoing house inspections like even a year ago just so people would be more inclined to take their money and just sell their house to them so like it's at that point where again at least again where we're from you have people leaving the city because of covid and stuff like that and moving up here and you know we're at the at the age where everyone either starting to get married or moving in with people or trying to buy stuff and then the big issue was is that you're in you are the most uncompetitive individual in a competitive market right it's almost like you're playing rec league sports and then you're on then you try to go out and like try to get on like a a D1 team or like a professional team it's like you don't stand a shot you know we didn't have that type of money saved where you can even hold a flame to the people coming from New York City who already had all these assets you know so that kind of put us in the disposition we're at now boosted the housing market you know you can't afford anything and then you're condemned to rent basically making mm-hmm. it even harder with which rent increased yep. oh right? substantially like i i feel that yeah yeah i feel that every month when i have to pay it pay you know uh and it, i don't live in a bad spot we recently we, moved to yeah. this new apartment uh but our our prior one was in one of the cheaper areas to live in this area had the lowest rent in the area that you could find for a relatively decent place, you know, other than if, you, you know, for lack of a better word, unless you want to live in like the ghetto of the area. Um, and, but you know, it, it showed in the place that we were at, it showed, and then they were going to raise the rent about $200 and it wasn't That's crazy. worth it for what no. we were getting. It was nowhere near worth it. And you know, the justification just, Oh, you know, inflation, but and, wages haven't gone anywhere yeah. with it, so it just makes it even worse. And people will pay for it. So that's yep. part of the issue is, like, as long as someone's willing to pay for it, like, they have every right to raise it because they know they're going to get their money somehow. Like, someone's going to be willing to pay way over price for that. Yep. You know? And, well, you know, that's what we did. We said, well, if you're going to raise it, we're going to go and we're going to get a much better place for only, like, 100 more than you were going to raise it to. We yeah. can afford it. Why would we not want to live in a nicer place for mm-hmm. only a hundred dollars less than we were going to pay you? Well, exactly, and for like given almost nothing. No, exactly, and like given you do get what you pay for. Like I know now, you Kyle, you and Christina got your washer and dryer right in here, and then like I got washer and dryer. It's like central AC and stuff like that, um, and so and it's a nice space. So like you do get what you pay for, but you know I would say like if you went back. Uh, to like maybe 2014 or like when we were going into college, I would say that you could probably get something comparable for like $300 less, like 14 to 1500 a month, maybe. But now it's like, like it will, it Dutchess County, God, like two grand for a one bedroom with washer dryer. Right. So like probably even more, it's probably like $500 different than it would have been even six or seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough market out there now. And, you know, COVID has been a weird time to be growing up in as well. And, you know, I'm saying growing up as if, you know. I think the sweet spot of going, like transitioning from your adolescence to being an actual adult. It's a hard time. We didn't grow up during COVID COVID, (laughs) like my, my siblings are and did. 
Um, they're younger, significantly younger than me. So they kind of feel from a more adolescent standpoint. But I think that going from, we had a weird time with COVID because we went from finishing up our degrees to then going into the workforce, which COVID made that significantly more mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. Um, because yes, now there's the whole worker shortage and everything. But when we were starting to get into it, it was when COVID really had just started. Uh-huh. And no one wanted to hire people at that time. Yeah, because they didn't know. Because no one knew what was going on, especially given like different industries had no idea. Or how are you going to afford these people? Because yep. what if everything just stops selling, you know, like you can't hire new people that you can't afford to pay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's been a weird time because then even when I started, you know, my career, it's been, it's been interesting. Now it's kind of more normalcy now, a hundred percent. But for the first year or two in my job, it was, it was pretty rough. You know, mask on, mask off. We had, are we going to have to be vaccinated or, you know, things that you wouldn't think growing up as a kid that you would have had to worry about in your careers, but now you do. And it's tough. No, I know. And that was like, obviously that's a whole different conversation in and of itself, but like just in and of itself, like the feeling of, you know, in order to keep your job or to have a job or whatever, are you going to have to go through all these hurdles to do so, you know? And so that in and of itself created a lot of stress behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. And now I just kind of want to transition us a little bit more towards our growing up adolescent Focus, uh, of focus. The, of the yeah. episode, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the weirdest things for me that I always bring up when I talk to people about growing up is how different we have it with technology mm-hmm. or had it with technology than the current generation does. And I see it in my own siblings. Uh, I know, Stephen, you have a younger sister. <laughs> well, younger sister, and I teach high school kids right now. That too. Yeah. And, you know, I have a younger brother that's like about college age and a sister that's in high school school, so i i see it it's a vastly different world even from when we were there and it i graduated high school 10 years ago and i don't recognize high school these days it's so strange it's such a weird disconnect for me to see um but i'm gonna let you take as a guy who deals with high school kids a lot senior high school guy yeah (laughs) yeah no it's it's definitely uh bizarre because i know kind of you know get into that i remember when me and kyle were in middle school the the big phone that was probably like the you know cell phones was really the advent of kind of where we are today because when we were in middle school the high-tech phone was the motorola the razor the razor Do you remember that kyle yep. yep and like it was so sleek the looking slide out razor with the keyboard yes. it's like the big skating phone too oh so cool looking yep. and and I remember even back then, I got a phone. My parents did not get me the Razor. I do want to put them on blast for that. I, but I never had it either. Don't worry. Got, but I, uh, I remember um, my first flip phone, uh, you still had to pay for text. So I never texted. Mm-hmm. Like you even clicked on it. They're like, oh, this will charge you a fee or whatever. I remember. Yeah, it's like this will charge you a few cents. Yep. yep. If you clicked on the internet by accident and started loading, like you'd have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phone, the box itself, I forget what phone I had, but it... it advertise like you could get tv on your phone back then like an app like it was the earliest form of it but again you all had to pay and it was very i've never met anyone that had tv on their phone back then uh and so it was weird you know after that the kind of the envies came out like the mv2 mv3 were really oh, I big forgot about those those yeah. were pretty big yep. with like an actual keyboard uh texting became free like if you had that plan um and then very shortly after was the advent of the iphone 
It was the iPod Touch first. Oh, the iPod Touch. I had Touch. the iPod Touch. Yes, you're right. Um, well, that was kind of like the precursor of the modern day phone. Yeah. Really? 100% was. Yeah. They even had, they didn't work very well, but they even had an app for the iPhone, or mm-hmm. not the iPhone, the iPod Touch, that you could use it as like for kind of calls and stuff. It No one ever used it because it was terrible. It didn't work very well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was absolutely the precursor to the modern phone. But at that time I was carrying around an iPod touch mm-hmm. and my cell phone. And even let's go even before middle school. Do you remember back in elementary school, my first phone, it was the big brick phone. It was literally a brick. Like literally, it looked like he was, was in like, old, like world war two. <laughs> yep. Like the Nokia, the Nokia phone, like the indestructible uh-huh. ones and all it had on it other than calling it had the antenna and everything mm-hmm. back when phones had antennas, you could play snake. And you could play blackjack. Yeah. And that was it. And you can call and text. Yeah. It was basically and nothing. that was a big thing. I was like the first person that I knew that had a cell phone. Yeah. That was the only cell phone I knew. It definitely wasn't anything to write home about. No, definitely <laughs> not. But it got, it did its purpose. It did. Yeah. But you know, I would say, you know, it's weird because even though we kind of had the beginning of the iPhone when we got into high school and texting was more accessible and social media was kind of on the rise at that point with like my space first and then Facebook. Some people said they had aim, but like that might be a little bit before us. Kind of Aim was more like instant messaging with your friends than it was full social media. I guess. Oh, true. True. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same kind of deal. Like it was, it was more low key forms of Mm -hmm. that type of stuff. And there wasn't honestly, um, this codependency, the technology that we see today, like people, I remember we were growing up and we had this principal, uh, the assistant principal, I forget his name, but, uh, he was on everyone. He would stay in the hallway. And if you saw you have the phone out, it was like game over. Oh, forget so. the, forget the phone. I used to walk around with, uh, earbuds and listening to music just in the hallway. Oh, that's so not in class, <laughs> not in class, just on uh-huh. from classroom to classroom. Cause you know, some, we had a big school. Yeah. Sometimes you'd go from the cafeteria on one side all the way to the other, and your friends wouldn't be there with you if it you were takes walking. Like five minutes. Took a long time. So I'd throw in a song and put mm-hmm. my headphones on. If he saw that, it was over. It was immediate. He would pull me aside and be like, you got to take Wait, those really? out. Wait, really? That happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, it happened all the time. He would pull me aside and be like, no headphones in the hallway. That's crazy. Now, I talk to my sister, and she's like, oh, yeah, we're allowed to have them out on our desk. Just cell phones, whenever, on yeah. the desk. She's like, yeah, as long as teachers and see us using them, but what's the what's the point? It's crazy. I, Why even have it on the desk if you're not using it? I have students today where these kids, like, never take the earbuds out. It is literally as vital as a piece of clothing as underwear to these kids. Like, they just don't take it off, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, really bizarre coming from where we grew up. And if you were spotted with it out, you were in trouble or you got a warning to okay. today where it's just accepted as a part of their being. It's basically a uh, an attachment to them, whether it's the AirPods or it's the cell phone. They yep. It's with them constantly. The AirPods are even worse than the phone. Like there are people, they're, they're adults that just that have I them in constantly. That just have them in constantly. And then when you tell them to take them out, the response is, well, nothing's playing in them. I know. Then why do you have them in? Yeah, they don't look. They don't make you look cool. Uh, I don't understand it. I think. I think there's again, like I, we could go deeper into that, like why I think people do what they do. But I think it all stems from like social anxiety, basically, yeah. where people are adverse to social interactions due to their own 
perceived like lack of sociability to be honest and like that all stems from just how they grew up and like what they were given because i know again we grew up in high school with minimal level technology adults at the time thought it was the worst thing ever but little did they know what was coming Mm -hmm. uh like even a decade later and so you know now what we're seeing is my students predominantly were born in like 2007 is like the modern day junior which is weird to say because we were born in 95 (laughs) and i'm like oh my god but but uh what is it um they we were old enough to see these kids and i remember when i was younger uh, like middle school or early high school, seeing parents give their kid the iPad, like when that started coming out and being like, like, that's ridiculous. Cause my parents were like, what are they doing? You know? And we are now seeing the full on effect of the iPad generation in high schools where they legitimately, and now it's gotten worse because now all they, they went from at least watching a normal video, maybe with mm-hmm. the iPad to now having the TikTok or the YouTube shorts or these five second clips, Instagram reels, and they cannot maintain focus for more than that because they're so, their brain has adapted to like this, like constant up, down, up, down of the dopamine hits that, you know, they cannot just sit there in a classroom or do much of anything without needing to look at it or do whatever. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it's sad because you're seeing basically zombies yep and they're seven 16 they're like turning 16 and they're like so uh unimpassioned by like so many things very apathetic crew of people you know yeah and it, it's interesting because i see it from you see it from dealing with high schoolers constantly mm-hmm. i see it at the phase of their life right after that i i do like recruiting and oversee hiring processes things like that um and the place I work for, we get a lot of young kids, like directly out of high school or college kids. They don't know how to talk to people, whether it just be not talking on the phone, refusing to talk to the phone. The amount of times I see on an application or a resume just saying text, like, no, we're not going to text you about the job. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone. Like if you're getting a call and you get someone leaves your voice, like, hey, we want to have you in for an interview, pick up the phone and call them. Yes. It's such a, another weird disconnect that I'm going to be honest. I, for the longest time and still a little bit, I hate talking on the phone. I years ago, I had like phone anxiety. I never liked talking on the phone, but kids these days, they just flat out refuse to do it. I didn't like doing it. I still don't particularly like talking on the phone, but I do it Mm. because it's a fact of life that you have to do this. You just got to do it. But they don't do that anymore. They don't even like talking to each other in person at all. Mm-hmm. They'd rather just go on whatever virtual space, be it FaceTime, be it video games, whatever. And we had video games too. You know, that's mm-hmm. not, that was another big part of our well, growing, growing up. up. Yeah, that's true. Was Call of Duty and Xbox 360 chat lives. Yeah. yeah. Us and our other best friend, uh, Ray, would be on until about... Phew, Sometimes until four in well, the morning. There was a, a few times yeah. where it was there like four, until four in the morning. But the difference is, once we got licenses, that we, stopped. Yeah, we went and did stuff, and that kind of changed everything. In person, we went, you know, things that normal kids, teenagers would do. We went bowling. Bowling's dying because bowling, yep. kids don't want to do anything anymore. Yep. Movies. Movies. Yep. Now you just 
boot up streaming. Stream it. No one really goes to movies. Even a lot of movies now premiere simultaneously on streaming. So why are you going to go to the movies? All these social aspects of what I feel like made our teenage years entertaining and meaningful and like really brought our friend group closer together and Mm -hmm. further apart for that matter. Yeah. uh, I feel like are disappearing. They are. At a pretty rapid rate over the past only... Honestly, I think COVID really spurred it even further. So even over the past three years, it's just gone into a totally new... New realm. New realm well, of kids not doing anything social. Well, Kyle, I've heard from teachers before me, so like, cause this is only my third year, but I heard that even pre-COVID, which wasn't even as far back as us, like there's maybe like four or five years ago, right? That the level of students completely different. Like honors kids these days really should be regents, like base level kids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my kids, because I teach regions, should not be, they're not performing at a standard that would used to be a regents class. Um, you know, but a big thing, uh, oh, Kyle, what was the last thing you just said? Why am I blanking out? You said some before I got into, uh, oh my God, what was your last point? Uh, I was talking about how the kids don't do anything social and oh, COVID kind of ruined social experiences. Yes. Sorry. I don't know. I just completely blanked. But what I was going to say is that my first year as Kyle re- referenced, when we got out of college, we like came right into COVID mm-hmm. in both of our professions. And the one thing that I hated about my profession was the Google meet year, basically mm-hmm. where the majority of children were on Google meet. You had some that eventually came in to school didn't really interact at all regardless you know what i mean uh because they were out for like almost half the year prior to us like where me and howard yeah but i mean even think about it when we were kids most of the class didn't participate no no anyway but it's a different feeling it's way different and so i what what i think really put the nail in the coffin on this current generation that will be graduating uh, within you know the next coming years is basically they were allowed in a very pivotal point in their adolescent development right like when they were like 13 going on 14 uh they basically were allowed to stay home their parents were at work or maybe doing work from home but not they can't entertain their child while they do it and these kids who were old enough to should have known better really but they're teenagers you know so you can't blame them sat there and just played video games and kept their screen off the whole time. And the school was like, oh, we can't force them to put the screen on. Uh, but at the same time, then we gave them like zero accountability. And so a lot of kids didn't focus for like a mm-hmm. whole year. And they got warped into this whole idea of that, like not focusing. And I think that is what we're seeing right now. Just this inability to be completely present because they're they were expected like that they could not be present and still get away with it like a few years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a few years there and you know, it's still continuing. We really just celebrated mediocrity for the better part of two, three years now. Yeah. You do the bare minimum and congratulations. You did it. When we were in school, it was for the most part, you didn't do the assignment. You failed the test. That's it. We're not passing you through here. You're, there was no minimum. You're held back or you're going to summer school. That that was was it. Yeah. There was no minimum fifties and there was no, um, everyone has an excuse, you know, it's just, it really like everything's within reason. You know what I mean? I think everyone should be 
empathetic and understanding to a certain extent, no matter whether it was COVID or it's different life experiences. Some people go through hard times, but at the end of the day, I think part of training a younger generation to be productive, resilient individuals, right. And competitive in a workforce where, you know, people from other countries are going to outcompete you for jobs now in a, in a very like interconnected world. They're doing a very good job of doing it here. Yeah, no, they are. Yeah. But we're teaching them the wrong thing. You know, it's again, you can be understanding, but it comes to a point where you got to be like, all right, I understand this is what's happening or COVID happened or whatever happened, but you got to like not let those moments define your success. And what we're telling them is that you can let every issue in your life define your success and that's okay. But, you know, you go into the real world and what you find out is that that's not okay. You know what I mean? So you're told that all growing up and then they're going to enter a workforce that isn't as understanding and that there isn't a million excuses for, right? Kyle, like I would say for you, like, well, absolutely. You, if you show up to work and you don't do your job, you're getting written up. Yeah. If you just decide one day you wake up and you don't want to show up to work, but you don't want to call your supervisor to let them know you're getting written up. Yep. But people continue to act surprised by this. And another thing I see a lot, and this is something that we didn't really have when we grew up, is the excuse of people blaming anxiety for Mm -hmm. everything these days. Yes. People want to get out of doing work or get out of aspects of doing things Mm -hmm. by just saying, well, I have bad anxiety. I know plenty of people with bad anxiety. Especially when we were growing up. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? They still knew. I have to do these things. Yes. I don't get a pass because I'm anxious about it. Yes. And they would go and do it. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it would get easier and easier for them. We have now coddled people into thinking, yes, don't get me wrong. Mental health is a very serious thing. It should be addressed. No, exactly. But you can't just coddle people into thinking, well, I have anxiety. I can't do this because that's not true. You can do anything that you really want to do. If you're dedicated to doing it, you can do it. Kyle, the biggest thing that I've noticed, uh, because that that reasoning is huge within high schools, these are huge, and I currently have that situation going on now at the end of the semester, and now it's like, oh, well, they weren't here for a whole quarter, what can we do because of that reason? And I'm just like, at the end of the day, you can only, you know, you got to be your own, you got to like come to bat for yourself, you know what I mean? And I always tell students, and you know, I was like, you can't, If you try to run from what is bothering you, like, let's say you're like, oh, you do get anxious. And I'm sure you are very anxious and it is debilitating. I think Mm -hmm. anyone that has even in little spurts of their life where they've been extremely stressed, it is hard to focus when you're dealing with stuff. And like, you know, I I went through my own stuff in high school and I found it hard to focus. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm very perfectionist and I was like, I'm still going to. I'm still going to be successful and mm-hmm. regardless of that, even though some days it was super hard, it took me twice as long because of what I was going through. And so, but now as I tell students, I'm like, you try to, you know, you don't do anything. Things going to make you feel better. And all it does is it comes back to you at some point and you're in an even deeper hole. And I think when you're in high school, um, you, you lack depth of experience like you you haven't experienced enough to realize that like what i'm doing to myself is like detrimental i'm not helping myself by running from it 
because it, it's still there. It's like not cleaning a mess, and then you keep adding the mess, like the dishes in the sink pile up. At some point, someone has to clean those dishes. At some point, you're going to have to do what you should have done mm -hmm. weeks ago or months ago. And, you know, but, and it's unfortunate because I think in some ways we're just letting it get swept under the rug, but, you know, it's not helping. It's, it's almost making it worse. And then sometimes these students or people that grow up, from being these students, they don't, they have a hard time being successful because they lack the tools necessary to deal with their problems and persevere and be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've really just kind of let mental health take over and be an excuse for everything. And again, I said it before, I'll say it again, just to reiterate mental health, super serious thing. Mm -hmm. No one's saying it's not, but you can't let it define who you are. You can't let it define your life. And when, again, bringing it back to the topic of growing up, when that was like us, yeah, we all had our fair share of things going on at any given time or whatever, whether it be stress, anxiety, depression, you know, mm -hmm. new people with all of these things. Yeah. Not a single one of them let it stop them from doing a job or any kind of thing like that. Or school. Like, school, I, I never yeah. heard that ever when we were in yeah. high school. Like, we someone had, you know, who was kids going had through... IEPs, they had special help on tests, you yeah. know. But that was it. It was still, yeah, we're going to grant you this. You can have extra time on this test or you could take it in another room away from people, whatever it is. You had that timeline. Yeah, but it, there and there was a deadline to it. It wasn't like, oh, well, okay, you have anxiety. Just don't don't worry about this assignment. You'll, we'll pass you through. Because that does, mm -hmm. and you know what? It does more of a detriment to the student. It does because, again, they're going to enter into a world that doesn't work like that. You're mm -hmm. teaching them you're teaching them a method that is not practical to the workforce because mm -hmm. your boss isn't going to care because at the end of the day, the world it runs on money. And if your behavior is not going to be productive and make your company money and that company successful, they're not going to keep you. Yep. And it you doesn't matter what out. your excuse is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. At the end of the day, the world runs on money. It doesn't yeah. run on your feelings. It doesn't run on anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, and to transition topic a little bit. Um, you're kind of going back to the main overarching theme. Yeah, just kind of bring back to another thing growing up. One thing I've noticed in recent years, and I say recent as if the past, you know, oh God, I've been thinking about the past like five years, <laughs> but it feels recent. <laughs> yeah. And it feels more and more relevant mm -hmm. every day. And we're, we're not going to take anything into a political avenue. We've both agreed we're staying away from anything like that. Yeah, here. no, um, yeah. Just keeping just not, it very not something general. we're interested in discussing and yeah, no. whatever. But one thing I do think is important to the terms of growing up is how vastly things have changed in what's acceptable and what is not to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. And really, it's not something that's important. But I find it just hypocritical in a way. Because so many of the people that we grew up with you know, as we said, we would be in Xbox Live chats, and anyone mm -hmm. that's listening that has been in a Xbox Live oh, chat yeah, circa yep. 2010 oh, to 2000, whatever, yeah. you know, like, uh -huh. those were brutal places. It yeah. was just constant slurs and insults thrown around left and right. Yep. And some of the biggest advocates that I've heard of the, well, you can't say that anymore. This is offensive to this group. This is offensive to that group. You can't say this. Are the people that we grew up with that we're sitting there doing that. It's usually the people that want to cancel everybody or the people that 
scream the loudest or preach the loudest are usually the culprits of the mm-hmm. thing. Like it's like some some conscious subconscious guilt they have. Like they gotta mm-hmm. act like that. And, you know? and that's that's the part that really bothers me. I think is the subconscious guilt yeah. part of it. Is Good. just just own up to it and just say. I, wow, I did that. I shouldn't have talked like that. I'm not going to do it going yeah. forward. You don't, don't act like you're holier to, than thou. Yes, you don't have to be a holier than thou person about it. Yeah. Like, growing up, did I say stupid crap that I wish, in hindsight, that I probably shouldn't have said? Yeah, I think we all did. Yeah. But I'm not out there yelling at everyone else. Preaching. <laughs> preaching that, oh, you can't say this. Mm-hmm. I am now the thought police. You can't say this about that. You can't say mm-hmm. this word. That word's offensive. I think we just need to cool it down with that yeah um but again that's kind of um oh my god where was i segueing off were you gonna say something else to that Kyle? i was gonna segue again to a different spot that was just a short little trend uh transition kind of yeah thing to discuss uh, real briefly because it's not a, it's not important it's just something that i've been noticing a lot lately especially with you know people we went to school with people we graduated with and i you know you stay in touch with them on social media you see some of the things they post and you're like well, well you you were the person. You were that person. <laughs> eight years ago saying exactly this, but now all of a sudden you're saying that people that talk like this should essentially be in jail? Like, yeah. It, Kyle, but if understand. there's anything, it, it all lines, again, the whole social media thing is like uh, people online are extremely toxic because they act like one thing, but they're really the other. Mm-hmm. And um, again, it, it reminds me, you could link it to that, like people who, uh, you know, shove their beliefs down in everyone's throat yet, uh or whatever and then they ended up being hypocritical to their own belief Mm -hmm. in the past or you got people it's it's not the same but it kind of is in one way is like people that always post about their relationships online Mm -hmm. and those people typically embellish their relationships and have the worst relationships oh yeah it looks great Uh, on the surface yeah like you need it's the feeling of needing other people's validation to look a certain way Mm -hmm. because deep down you know you're not that way and i think it makes you feel like you can excuse the stuff you do or like excuse the bad place you're in or stuff like that. But like, that's really what social media has led to. Yeah. You Um, know, to build on the social media aspect, we didn't have that when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, when we're in, I would say influencers were not a thing. No, that social media was a thing until college after we were out of college, maybe even our grad school years. Like at least the famous ones. Like anyway. it's very, like, it took off like really more recently. Yeah. But yeah, no, it definitely was never a thing. It was like, yeah, people, YouTube was a thing, but like there was no one that was like these fitness influencers or mm-hmm. fashion influencers or, or these like prank influencers. Or the prank influencers. That we had like prank channels on yeah. YouTube, but those are mostly harmless pranks. Oh, God. And I want to say, like, building off that really quick, you reminded me of another thing that's different about schools is like how easily influenced these kids are by that. Like, I remember when they were doing, uh, this was last year, the beginning of the year, they had to put more security by the bathrooms, or they locked the bathrooms between periods because they had the devious licks licks trend. And these kids literally were destroying the bathrooms. (laughs) And I was just like, you can't even make that up. Like, even the worst, even the worst of kids back when we were in high school, don't hold a flame to some of the kids I see in high school these days because the literally because of social media and this like warped understanding of what's morally or ethically correct, they just they they just act in ways that like you can't even comprehend like who raised these kids sometimes, you know? Oh no, I, I totally get it, man. Like that's yeah. The prank ones are bad. I mean you see it if you just scroll through uh 
I've actually never been on TikTok. Uh, mm. Old man here. But <laughs> I do Instagram reels. I'll scroll through for a while. Or YouTube shorts. I know. They get you somehow. Shorts, yeah. Because usually I use Instagram. I use YouTube. So they know my algorithm pretty well. They know what I watch and who I follow, whatever. So they do a pretty good job. But sometimes yeah. like a prank thing will show up in there. And they're not lighthearted pranks. Mm. There was one that was a guy dunking on a Walmart employee. Oh, they were just yeah. walking. The employees having to be by like the basketball hoops in a Walmart, and this dude just dunked on them, uh, hit them, like knocked them over almost, just to pretend dunk on this basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. He videotaped himself committing an assault. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. That's not a prank. Yeah, that's an actual crime, and he videotaped himself doing it for the likes well again i think like the whole i think the the line between prank and uh what is it crime is being blurred you know what i mean yeah um but again yeah like people are young kids are learning from early age like this is what people do they don't see if there's consequence one can only hope there's some you know and you know one thing Um, that we had growing up that we that you know it still exists but in a much different way you know bullying most of the time now it's yeah. all social media cyber bullying yeah. a, a majority of the time from what i see anyway isn't physical bullying it's not even in person bullying anymore it's all on the internet just stuff you say online or like you know even just spreading around stuff to other people you know what i mean yep people behind their keyboards like to be big tough keyboard warriors but they won't say things to anyone's face yeah They'll say the worst, most atrocious things. Mm. And high school students are the worst. But I think, honestly, that's a huge thing about why high school kids are so, like, awkward these days. Like, it's even mm. worse. Like, their their ability to be social and interact is, like, it, it's brutal. You know what I mean? And I think a huge part of it is just, like, they have a lot of anxiety about interacting with people. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I'm almost afraid to give group stuff because you're, like... It, it's so awkward, it almost makes me shudder. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and so... Um, Are they going to be able to sit there and talk to each other for yeah, 30 minutes yeah. to do this worksheet? You know, and some classes are a little bit different than others, just given the overall, like, you know, you know what type of student you're working with. Yeah. But but still, you do see it, and you're like, wow, how different, you know? And yeah. But again, even with that, the language thing, like, like what people, how they bully each other, another huge thing I saw, and this could relate to the whole bullying thing, is that when we did the masks people got comfortable like students got comfortable wearing it as a way to conceal their imperfections you know or their Mm -hmm. i should say their perceived imperfections right um and so last year i remember we got an email saying you know you don't have to wear a mask anymore obviously if a student wants to wear a mask obviously let them wear a mask i don't know why anyone make a big deal if someone wanted to wear one yeah you know that's your prerogative right you want to do you want to wear one you don't it should be your choice you know but at the end of the day but they did say in that email that um, they made reference to the fact that some students are basically wearing them because they're self-conscious and they're having a hard time going back, which I yeah. think is like devastating. Like, I think that's really sad uh, that they feel that way, either about themselves or you don't know if people said stuff to them before. A big term in the high school that was going mask around fish. was mask fishing. Yep. And you know what? Like, is it is it a real thing to some oh, people? It's, it's oh, a real thing. It is it's real. 100% it is a real it is thing. real, and it's it is startling if you're not ready oh, yeah. for it. Uh, but I've I do, seen quite a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> but I do want to say it's just like you know it's unfortunate that on the list of 
all this chaos. These students are immersed in just a world of disorder every day, like whether it be news, like social media, COVID, whatever. They've been hit with a lot, you know, and it's just sad to see it affecting them in a way that is like, um, you know, a negative like almost like a negative feedback loop, yeah. you know, because it, it, it's going to make them anxious. Right. And then they're not going to like ever want to take their mask off or if they do, they're always in their head or they get nervous. They're going to communicate with someone or what if kids like just film you now, you know what I mean? Or yep. stuff like that. There's so much anxiety to deal with. So in a lot of ways, like I would say us growing up, was it hard for its own reasons? Yes. I think being in high school or middle school or whatever those pivotal years were, are challenging for their own things, you know, for, and that's been for every generation, even every generation before yeah. us, after us, and it'll continue until the end of time. Dude, it's been that way since the, the ancient, uh, Romans, I think it was yeah. Marcus Aurelius. If you read meditations, the stuff he writes, you're like, wow, people had the same issues 2000 years ago. Yeah. And when you think, when you think about it, yeah, the issues that you were mentioning with like the, uh, self-confidence and like the mask thing, I mean, we all had that too. Yeah. Like, let, let's be honest. Well, you did, but you the, didn't. The no one thought us, to wear a mask. Exactly. You can only imagine how the you'd feel. The two of us weren't the, for lack of better words, the most good-looking <laughs> dudes in high school. I think we both had... We've definitely come a long way. We both had significant glow-ups, let's yes, be honest. Yes, I, I would agree um, with that. <laughs> whether it's down to fashion choices or just, you know, growing into our looks, whatever. Yeah, high school um, was definitely not uh, in our favor. No, it was not. But we didn't have pieces of cloth to put on our face you know i mean they were there obviously yeah. but no one used them it's not anything anyone ever thought about no we didn't have anything to hide behind we just went out there and did it yeah you had to face again it boils down to back then you just had to face the reality of reality really yeah. like every discomfort you had there was no you could not block it out you know mm -hmm. what i mean um and again, you got, uh, you had your own insecurities in general, just being around people, let alone the influx of stuff you see online now where everyone, uh, per gives people the perception that they're perfect or look perfect when they don't, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so again, like you really do start to understand why mental health is honestly spiraling out of control at such a young age. Yeah. And you know, I want to add to that maybe as even like a last wrapping up topic yeah. here, when we grew up, we had obviously the 24 hour news because that was around even fears, even before about, about us. a decade before us. Yeah. But we didn't have 24 hour news in terms of how we have it now, where you constantly have your phone vibrating with breaking news updates constantly. Well, that's if you want it to, Kyle. My phone yeah. doesn't really like, mine, get news. Mine does, and it's mm -hmm. just a default thing that whatever. But even so, even forget the notifications. But you can find it, Matt, easy. You literally just open up your social media app and it's right there for you. Yes. And all the news lately, with the exception of one or two feel-good stories a year, <laughs> is just doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Constantly. World's gonna oh, end. This person was murdered today. This celebrity died. This this country's warring with this country. This person shot this person. There's a mass shooting here. Mass there. shooting here. Yeah. There's school shooting here. It, mm -hmm. It's a constant thing. It's almost every day. Influx of negativity. Mm-hmm. And it's really impacting people. No, it like, really Especially the kids. It, it, you could tell they're not as fun-loving no. as even when we were kids. Like, when we were kids, we would grow up and we did... We had, like, GameCube. That was the big thing. That was, like, the biggest system, I would argue, when in our, like, really formative 
years, and then it was Xbox 360 was the one after that. Yeah. But, like, when we would hang out with each other, we would spend, like, half the day, we'd play a couple video games, and then we would go outside Mm -hmm. and have fun outside, whether it was, like, walking in the woods, (laughs) playing a sport, doing Yeah, we'd always split it up at Kyle's house. (laughs) Yeah, like, we always did something, like, active and then fun, and then, like, then something video game related. Mm -hmm. I see nowadays kids just sit inside. The whole all day. day and like they don't even seem to have fun when they're with each other they sit in the same room and go on their phones and read things on their phones or watch things together and it's kind of it's sad it is sad there's such a social disconnect with today's generation and like again, i just wonder like what stories like, i have so many stories of us growing up like things that we did like like are they gonna have inside stories? jokes that we had at like mm-hmm. sleepovers or even just normal days hang out like going in the woods or whatever yeah or even just inside jokes from us sitting there playing GameCube. Like, yeah, there was some up like stuff Farmer Ahab's like, Blubber Nuggets yeah, from, from uh, uh, Fairly Odd Parents. parents. <laughs> uh, that made us crack up for like two hours that day. Oh my for God, some yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> no idea why. <laughs> yeah. But whenever I see kids hanging out these days, and I'm not saying it's all of them, mm-hmm. but every time I've seen it, they just sit there. Yeah. And they're on their phones. They're not laughing. They're not smiling. Dude, I was at dinner last night at like a nice Italian place, and there was these two parents there with their kid. Uh, mom was on her phone, dad was just sitting there eating, and the son had his AirPods in watching a video on his smartphone device. Kid had to be, like, in middle school, max. Yep. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I said, I hate even looking at these people. I know. Because it's like... It makes you mad. It makes you want to say something. It may, Yeah, because I'm upset because this kid is going to grow into the lifeless human being that I see all the time in school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where he could have been, like built into a strong sociable individual that's geared for success but instead he's like at an early age just being put at this deficit Mm -hmm. because his parents at least the mother in that case was also doing the same thing Mm -hmm. you know and at the end of the day that's going to be something that i'm hoping changes with time like uh people our age maybe seeing the impact of parents at that change in technology. We were kids when technology changed, but there were parents, there were people 10 years older than us that were having kids when technology changed. And they they messed it up because they didn't know what impact it would have. So I feel like now moving forward, we have to work harder to place limitations on our future children yeah. so that when they come of age into their adolescence and they're in high school, uh, it's back to a time where like, you can be social. Uh, you can have an, an attention span. You can yeah. hold a meaningful conversation uh, and all this stuff. And again, there's always some kids that still can, but it's, it's, it's definitely and far it's not the norm anymore. Like the, the bar has moved for sure. Uh, and so we're just going to have to figure that out moving forward. But Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's few and far between to see a kid that yeah. can hold a conversation with me above a couple minutes. No, I know. It's it's pretty sad. And, you know, to just kind of wrap up the topic of, like, the, the news thing I was talking about is, you know, we're, we're fully formed adults. Our minds are fully formed. You know, we're, yeah. we're there. But even me seeing this stuff constantly over and over could bum you out. No, it doesn't. I mean, can't yeah. imagine what it does to someone that's in middle school, high school, or even, you know, these days before that. Yeah. Dude, seeing the- it constantly without fail every single uh-huh. day and i think it's reflected in the music too that we hear oh it went from like 
when exciting we were Katy Perry, yeah, like EDM uh, bass, like dance, like electronic based pop music, yes. like fun, upbeat stuff to depression. Oh. It's depression in a song, honestly, like yeah, today's it really music. is. Yeah. And um, there's got to be a correlation there. I think there is, though. You know what I mean? But it's just, I don't know. It's just yeah. wild. Yeah. You know, but I guess that's really growing up in a in a nutshell these days. You know, the difference. But um, again, I would say that whether you were us growing up during what, like, really, like, we were 10 in we're, 2005. We're, we're in the, we're at the tail end of the millennial generation. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So us growing up, again, they have the same issues now uh, as we did, but everything is augmented, like, tenfold. I would say because of technology and technology's yep. really like moved that bar. And again, what we're seeing now is that even for people like our age, like mid twenties, late twenties that are trying to get moving, it's even hard for even the most diligent of us. Like me and Kyle mm -hmm. always worked hard. Uh, I'm a straight workaholic. Yeah. And we got our jobs and stuff like that. And we, we make good money, like a, a livable wage. Mm -hmm. And again, it's still challenging. And we had that motivation and a drive and a passion outside of our phone. You know what I mean? And so the main concern now is like, what is this incoming workforce going to look like? And how is that going to alter everything else? Because when you don't have anyone to work, prices go up. And like the world is just heading towards like. I mean, that's what we're looking at. An with, issue. That's what you're looking at with the, the trades too. Like no right one, now. Like as everyone was right raised. Now. Our generation, you know, was raised on. You have to go to college. Yes. You have to get a degree and you have to get this kind of job. Yeah. It's so rare for anyone in our generation to have grown up being like, I'm going to be a plumber. I'm yeah. going to be an electrician. I'm going to have a, like a skilled trade yeah. job. And now we're finally seeing this generation behind us kind of be more on the lines of, well, hey, wait a minute. I don't have to do this. I could yeah. get one of these jobs. Which could be good. Which is great. Those those jobs, they make great money. Mm. But it's going to get more and more expensive in the coming years because people our age didn't go into that. There's less and less supply and significantly more demand because of that. Yeah. So, I don't know. You got to wonder, like, what the it's going to look like. <laughs> but, again, I think, I think the effects, whether good in some ways or bad in others because there's pros and cons to everything, uh, I think will definitely affect the next generation of kids, you know, 10 years from now, it was 10 years since I was in chemistry from my students. Now what's 10 years going to look like after them, I think. And I have hope that maybe those kids will be a little bit more adept to balancing technology and life, you know, but we'll have I to hope see. so. The, the problems will always persist. It'll always be the same problems ever since the modern teenager was yeah. kind of first established in like the 1940s after world war two that's kind of like, when the first modern teenagers happened yeah it's like billy joel we didn't start the fire like again yep. the, the world was always a mess but yep. it's just now you hear about it every it's, day it's that and the problems will always persist same things always bullying self-esteem yeah. all that it's the technology and the way in which you handle it that really sets the generations apart i feel yeah, no, that is definitely like the big biggest factor these days is mm -hmm. technology's influence on and just coping mechanisms shaping people. Yeah. Yep, I uh, you know I think that me and you turned out great, and just to toot our own horns here. I mean, <laughs> you know, I look at people that we even graduated with, and many of them 
when I'm we graduated at the same time, went through the same things School. other than like personal, yep. you know, lives and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we ended up so differently. Yeah. And it's so many people that I'm like, it, it's just weird. It, the way that we grew up really kind of shaped the people that we've become. And I'm really honestly kind of worried to see what the generation behind us not to sound like the old man shouting at the kids to get off his lawn here, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of worried to see how they turn out. You know, people like to point out millennials as the problem generation. Yeah. Honestly, Gen Z, kind of the broken generation. Broken. Spirit broken. Motivationally broken. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I think it's going to have, like, disastrous ripple effects in the workforce. I and, just think we're in the for education it. world. In the education world. Well, it's definitely going to reshape how, uh, you know, a lot of education is shaped by politics, but see how politics influences, like, what is deemed important in education or how stuff is taught and what, like, that. Like, that's definitely going to be some major changes, I think, in the next decade or so, mm-hmm. you know, after we see what's to come. You Absolutely. Know? But yeah, well, so we'll see. On these uh, yeah. very chipper, upbeat notes, <laughs> uh, this has been Q&A again. I'm Q. I'm A. And we'll see you next, next time. time. Thank you.